And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, let's just cut to the chase. I want to talk about using real estate, residential rental real estate to fund something fun for a change. Not those monthly expenses, none of that stuff. We're going to talk about funding your vacation, your travel. And if you think you can't manage your real estate while on the road, well, you probably haven't heard me talking from the RV bunker in the past. We do that all the time. Or even more importantly, from out of the country, well, I have some news for you. You sure can. In fact, I just did. And I'll tell you about that. And I'd give a footnote here, a bit of an apology in advance. In case you hear some really weird noises, guttural sounds, or strange words coming out of my mouth, I, I, I confess I'm struggling at the moment. We flew home just recently, 10-hour flight from Frankfurt, Germany. We spent three weeks, three weeks over there in Europe traveling, mostly in Germany. And if you've heard me talk about this in the past on the show, perhaps, you know, I am fluent in German, studied abroad, different cities over there in the past, internship in Munich. I eventually worked for five years for a farm company up in the northern part of the country. But my wife and I, we returned to the States, oh, about 13 years ago, out of the country for over a decade since our last trip over there. And this trip, it reactivated my German language, and I find it's hard to turn off at times. So watch out. If you hear a weird word, or word my producer, I bet he'll cut it out. <laughs> he'll probably prevent that from getting to your ears, but uh, just be forewarned. And I'll tell you, as far as vacations go, it was a great trip. We flew from Dallas over to Berlin, stayed with friends, took our six-year-old with us, and he's a Texas guy, born here in Dallas, in the Dallas area really doesn't get to see a lot of snow, and it was snowing in Berlin. It was great. We took a bus to Prague in the Czech Republic. It snowed some more. Managed to just barely get out of Prague on the train to Munich, and you may have heard the news. There was what, I, what we might call here Snowmageddon. So much snow, it shut down the airport, shut down the trains. Germany is famous for its trains. They're always on time. Well, they weren't even running. <laughs> so, so much snow, my, my six-year-old. He just didn't. He was beside himself with joy. Fortunately... We were not trapped. We had a rental car. We got out of town. Manual transmission. Had to remind myself how that worked. It's been a while. Went down to picturesque Neuschwanstein in the, in the southern part of the country. Hohenschwang out those castles down. They're kind of those Disney-looking castles you've seen. Um, and then headed north and visited former co-workers, former friends, skydiver buddies from the country uh, for a week or so up there. And then topped it off with a couple of good days in Cologne and Frankfurt. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We left in the last week of November, and we stayed till mid-December, again, about three weeks. And during that time, what happened? I, as a rental property owner, I own single-family rentals, and I manage those myself. Well, naturally, we progressed into a new month while we were there. Uh-oh, how do you collect your rent? That's a great thing. I watched every day as our passive income rolled in and rolled in again. We were in Prague. We were in Munich around the start of the month, and I just kept getting email notifications that Resident X has submitted rent. Resident Y has submitted rent. Resident 
you get the picture. Everything came in as planned. We did have one one minor maintenance issue come up. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Dealt with that from afar, from across the, the pond there. No problem. No problem. All around a really, really good trip. Really good vacation. I really enjoyed introducing our son, our six-year-old, to his really first experience at world travel. And as homeschoolers, that's why we could go for as long as we did. I can think of no better way to teach him things like European geography, some history, of course, some really cool architecture. If you like those Gothic churches and those medieval town halls, boy, we saw plenty of those things. And if you haven't figured this out already, I love to travel. You know, you see new things, you, you try new foods, you meet new people, just generally encounter new ideas, and you really do, you, you expand your, your horizons. And sometimes, at least the way my wife and I travel, things may actually get to be, oh, just a little bit uncomfortable, perhaps, challenging. You know, after all, you are, now for us, Germany was not new. It had been a while. We'd been out of the country for a while. But when you travel abroad, you encounter new systems or maybe new, pro new ways of doing things. And you have to learn. You have to learn how to do things on the go. And sometimes you have to make decisions with, with partial or seemingly incomplete information. And that's where travel, especially abroad, uh, that's where it gets interesting. Again, at least the way that we travel. There, 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 there is at times a certain level of discomfort. Or maybe better put, a certain level of uncertainty. And we, we tend to build our trips where we're in control. We're not doing a... a a, a lead or a group group type thing necessarily not just getting in a bus and letting people drive us around so we're a little bit more involved and and that does leave lead to certain levels of uncertainty i mean i had rented a car that was a standard transmission i grew up driving driving manual but it had been years because our house now has automatic had to figure out how to do that in the snow deep in the middle of uh, munich very very uncertain uh, of myself there but we got it figured out and moved on and learned how to navigate the freeways you know it's interesting here we tend to reference things with the cardinal directions northeast southwest over there when you get to the autobahn entrance the, the freeway the highway there's no reference of north or south they just say direction of whatever the next city is is it Wuppertal? is it is it uh is it rhineland you got to know what's coming up next on the map you know, we had to figure all these things out. So you learn how to adapt and you learn how to ask questions. And when you stop and you have to ask somebody for directions, you learn how to ask good questions. That's what happens when you are uncertain. The problem, however, is that a lot of us are very much certain of the path that we are on. We're sure we have the answers. We sure we're on the right path, again, especially as regards retirement. And because we're so certain, we don't ask questions. We don't ask new questions. We don't ask good questions. And as we were discussing ahead of the break, we tend to reinforce that certainty, in fact, by using something or following something or with confirmation bias. Basically, that means we're looking for information that supports our very beliefs. And then the problem becomes when we are actually wrong, if we are, we just don't see it. You, have, you, may, ha you may very well have the opportunity to correct course if you are off course but you're certain you're not. All is well. I grew up I grew up following the conventional wisdom path just like my parents did. Just like I was taught in school, go to school in fact to get those good grades so I can go to college and get good grades so I can graduate and get that job and work for months and years and years and decades and decades and save and hope that I can eventually retire. That's the conventional wisdom path. That's the path that you're certain is going to get you to where you want to go, which is retirement. But just like when I go overseas or, or abroad, 
I don't have to be overseas. And I do find myself in uncertain situations, right? Times when I'm challenged, when, when maybe I have to think differently. This is what travel does. It, it gets you out of your normal space. And you do. You, you, you learn to ask questions and to consider new ideas. And with new questions, you get new answers. And you eventually start to ask not just new questions, but better questions. And better questions get better answers. But it may take stepping out of your comfort zone to even move in that direction, to start to challenge that certainty that you have surrounded yourself with at this point. And what I want to do now is I want, to, I want you to experience some uncertainty. I want you to step away from those things that, that, that feed your confirmation bias and take a pause, take a long look, and really ask just how certain you are that you are on the right path. Again, talking about financial freedom and talking about getting to a long and comfortable and even early retirement. You know, let's just pretend. Let's pretend to travel to a new country and, you know, experience that exhilaration of the new, the novel, the, the challenge of finding your way in a foreign land. It puts you on an uncertain footing. And then let's challenge those certain solid beliefs and explore. And then let's ask some questions. And again, thinking about financial freedom, those questions might be, what if there is an alternative to that conventional wisdom path? What if there is a better way to prepare and to enter retirement, to become financially free? What if that path that you're on is in fact a failed path? You know, your retirement may be so far in the future, you don't see it yet. And are those some good questions to ask? I think as a start, yes, they are. And if you ask the right questions, maybe you will realize that you are on a failed path, that conventional wisdom path that fails so many Americans again and again and again. So what is the alternative? That's what we talk about on this program, real estate as an alternative. But again, you may have to open your mind, your mind to new ideas, new, uh, to a new mindset. Now, you don't have to go to another country like we just did. You don't, you don't have to go across the, the globe. You don't have to go to a new continent. It's as easy as just going, in fact, to our website. That's where I'd have you start. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Continue to listen to these radio shows. These are archived there. If you missed any part of this show or any other shows, you can go listen to those there. But while you're there, register for the free workshop. And I would encourage you as well, follow us on Facebook if you're on social media or follow us on YouTube and watch our live case studies. This is really where you'll see how other people have applied real estate as an alternative to do a lot of things for their lives. And I think that is the step that will then help you start to question the certainty of the conventional wisdom path that you're on. And when you go to the case studies and when you go to the free workshop, what you'll learn about is it, you'll learn that we don't get to retirement by building wealth in the form of a pile of cash or savings. That is the conventional wisdom path. Put all your money into that 401k. Put all your money into that IRA. Build up a big pile. The problem is once you get to retirement, which will probably be later than sooner, you start to draw down that pile and it dwindles and it gets smaller. Then you start to worry, am I going to outlive my money? That's a big, big fear for a lot of people in the US that I'm going to outlive my money. The alternative is to create streams of passive income. And that's exactly what we talk about on this show. It's exactly what we talk about at our free workshop. It's what we talk about and hear about at those case studies. We create passive income. We, we create cash flow. 
through residential real estate, both by buying single-family houses and investing in apartments. And not only do we create cash flow, but we also build equity and create net worth. We plump up that balance sheet. So we make money multiple ways with our real estate, five ways. We go into that at the, at the free workshop. I don't need to go into that now. But that's what gets you to financial freedom, gets you off of the conventional wisdom path. Now, when we come back, we'll talk about funding a vacation on top of everything else. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited members share their stories and strategies for success at case study events. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job. But they didn't buy just one house, right? No, they did not. You're rehabbing house number nine. Right now. nine. Wow. So every month, the cash flow is $3,200. Okay, the equity of all the houses is up to 280000 Join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in person and online dates at lukstudy.com. Once again, that's lukstudy.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. And uh, coming to you back in the States, you know, we spent a good three weeks overseas and mostly in Germany, a little bit of time in the in the Czech Republic. We've been talking about travel and I think just generally getting it doesn't have to be travel overseas, just getting out of your normal routine and learning to ask questions and, and, and consider, am I really as certain about the path I'm on in, in, in this case, talking about retirement as I should be? Am I? Surrounding myself with confirmation bias to make myself feel just a little bit better about what I'm doing, even though this very conventional wisdom path is the path that fails again and again and again on their path to retirement. So we talked about an alternative, which is real estate. And we talked, you know, talked recently about chunking, something called cash flow chunking. If you want to want to hear that show again, go to lifestylesunlimited.com and you can you can hear that there. And that kind of plays now into what I want to talk about, which is really funding, funding a vacation with, with real estate, funding travel. For us, this was travel overseas to Germany for three weeks, quite a long time. In, 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 in summary, really, it's, it's a method to create and match inbound passive income, passive cash flow to outbound expenses, thinking about those regular monthly expenses, right? And there are really two ways, two ways that you might approach this. Number one, you're still working, right? You've still got that earned income. I'm no longer working. I'm retired. I live off of my cash flow, right? We we followed that cash flow chunking. We match those inbound passive income chunks to outbound utilities and the mortgage payment. Uh, no more car payment. We had student loans for a while, right? We matched. We did all that chunking and we were working. So we had additional income as well. And you may be in that spot and you can create additional passive income to do what? To fund a few trips a year. But you can buy a couple of houses, you know, let's say three, four, something like that, that's kicking off $1,000 a month in cash flow 
park that to the side and you will fund a few great vacations every year. That's one approach, but you're still working. Or you do like we did and build up enough passive income to be fully financially free. That passive income is covering all of our expenses and then some on top. So using real estate is a good way to, if you, if you do like to travel or you would like to travel more, get a couple of single family houses. Get that $1,000 a month in cash flow coming in the door. Can you use that for something else? Of course you can. Of course you can. Can you do a lot of that traveling down to Mexico, up to Canada, somewhere else in the U.S.? Of course you can. It's a good way to think about it. So we talked uh, talked recently about cash flow chunking more broadly. Again, if you want to learn about that, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. You can check out the show there. But also, if you like me and you like to travel, I want you to give that some thought as well. Boy, you can just do so much more when you get that when you get that cash flow coming in. You know, when I lived in Germany, I mentioned this uh, for quite a while. We worked over there. I had a German contract. I was essentially paid and treated like a German. At the company there, I had 30 days of paid vacation, <laughs> not the average 11 like here in the U.S. They know how to do it over there. Now, admittedly, I couldn't take it all at once. Uh, but it was very interesting as we were traveling for the three weeks to encounter our German friends. They'd be like, what, you're here for how long? Because they've got the 30 days. They just use it here and there and a little bit, a little bit at a time. But with financial freedom, you can travel when you want to where you want for as long as you want. And that's the beauty. But then you have a question, and rightfully so. Well, Andy, you self-manage your single-family portfolio, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. How do you manage that from overseas? And thinking specifically about single-family rentals, because a lot of people tend to be a little bit more hands-on with this self-manage, find the residents themselves, manage the, the rehab, not do the rehab, but make sure it get, gets done and done correctly, etc. Um, so let's think about single-family when we talk about managing from overseas. There, For me, there's some level of automation in most of what we have going on. Rent collection is the, the prime example here. Like I said, we were in Berlin, we were in Prague, we were in Munich. When those first emails started to roll in and saying, hey, resident X has paid rent. I had people paying me a week in advance. Good residents, best product, best price, yields the best people. They pay on time, if not early. That's it. Some level of automation to get the rent. Lease ups. You know, we'd, it's been a while. My wife and I traveled back in 2015 before our son came along to Nepal. We visited a skydiver friend there. And we had just finished the renovations on a house here in the in the Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth, needed to get it leased up. We got it leased up while we were over there looking at Mount Everest, traveling around in Nepal. We were nowhere near that house. We hired a leasing agent. She'd send a couple emails here and there, did the background check, how do these look? Uh, nah, don't really meet our criteria, how does this one look? Oh, they winners. Moved in a family while we were traveling. They stayed with us, I think, four, four or five years, something like that. Now, when it comes to maintenance, you know, you can do a number of things when you're preparing for a big trip. You may f seek and, and find a representative in the area to represent you while you're gone. Do that beforehand. When we did go to Nepal, one of our general contractors, fellow traveler, had been there as well, and he heard we we're going. He's like, hey, tell you what, let your residents know if something comes up, they call me, I'll get it taken care of. I said, okay, great. I felt a lot better. Nothing happened. Having a strong network. Very, very important. Strong processes. Very, very important. And in the example I had, the one thing that came up while we were traveling, spring on a garage door broke. Yeah, well, not a big deal. You know, cost, what, two, $300 to replace. It was just simply figuring out, identifying with the resident what was the issue, and then texting that request with a few pictures over to my garage door guy. 
He texts me back pictures of the completed work. I paid him electronically, all from overseas. Could the entire process be managed from abroad or from afar? Of course it can, right? That all, entire process, meaning finding that property, rehabbing that property, getting that property rented. We talked about leasing from Nepal. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, managing that property. We talk about it all the time here. Live where you want. Invest where it makes sense. In fact, I saw a case study not too long ago, a couple months back. This was a newer Lifestyles Unlimited member on the west coast of Canada investing all the way across the continent in Georgia, all the way over on the east coast of the United States. That's essentially what we were doing managing from Germany. Great case study. I'm hoping to get her on the program soon to share and, and talk with you, with you about her experiences. Wonderful, wonderful story. So you can manage that yourself. If you're not comfortable doing that or if you think, hey, I'm traveling too much, it does become a little bit of a challenge with the, with the time difference, I'll tell you that. But you can always hire a, a property management uh, company as well. Easy way to go. Or alternatively, maybe it's not single family houses at all. You could invest passively in apartments. We have the same benefits when we invest in apartments as we do with a single family house. We talk about the five ways we make money on our houses. Cash flow, we get those in apartments. Equity capture, we get that in apartments. Equity buildup, as the residents pay down the mortgage. Yeah, it's one resident or set of residents in my house. Well, it may be 200 sets of residents in that 200 unit apartment, but they're paying down that mortgage too. That's equity buildup. Appreciation as the markets grow in value and tax advantages. Those are the five ways. Now apartments we do have on top of that forced appreciation where we can really grab that lever and attack those expenses and really drive up that income and that really pushes the value up something unique to apartments but if i'm a passive investor am i in there in the trenches making sure all of these things happen no i'm not no i'm not in fact aside from our single family portfolio we're now invested in 10 uh passive investments and those were all doing their thing while <laughs> we were uh, figuring out how to shift gears again on the uh, manual transmission driving through the snow in, in southern Germany. So lots of options. Lots of options. Speaking of Germany, just a quick aside, you may find this interesting. I talked with a number of my buddies over there, people I worked with as well as former uh, skydiver uh, friends over there. Turns out a lot of them, just like we, a lot of them have rental property. Now these are not, like we tend to do it here, these are not typically uh, single-family houses. Rather, these might be apartment buildings or apartment units rather. But it's interesting, the law in Germany, I learned, is more more like you might think of it as it is in California. Very tenant-friendly. Talked with one guy going into Corona. He had what was what's called a rent, they call it a rent nomad. These are what we would call professional tenants. Tenants, people that know the system. They know how to get in and stay in. They're very hard to evict, especially in these uh, tenant-friendly states or countries in this case. Rent nomads. He did eventually get them out, and then he dealt with the repairs and all this. He sounded to me like the classic story that I hear of here in the U.S. Accidental landlord, doesn't know how to manage the property, has all kinds of heartache, throws in the towel, and then tells that story to his or her friends, and they tell it, and it goes on, and everybody suddenly has fear, right? Talk to him a little bit about what we do at Lifestyles and how he might reframe his, his thinking and, and such. Also, interestingly, when you put in a security deposit, and we rented when we were over there, the owner has to put that into an interest-bearing account, and you, the resident, get that interest. I thought that was interesting. Um, one other thing I thought I'd comment on, too, I, and I remember when we moved over there back in uh, 2006, normally the outgoing tenant is responsible for painting the property. 
And when they move out, they take the kitchen with them. The whole kitchen, the cabinets, the sink, all that stuff. That does not stay. They take all the lights. Those are theirs. There are no closets. They take the wardrobes. So when you move in, as a resident, we did this too, you, you, you get to install new light fixtures. You get to install a new kitchen and so on and so forth. It's an interesting approach. Again, talking about travel, right? Different mindsets. This was one of the ones that we learned a little bit more about as we talked through our experiences with our friends there um, in Germany. And I want to end the show today talking about just another travel story. And this goes back uh, really to the end of our stay when we lived in Germany back in uh, 2010. We, We came back to the States in December. And I had some vacation left, some vacation to use in the final week. So we we looked around. We found a very inexpensive flight to Marrakesh, Morocco. Stayed in a neat little hotel in the middle of the the old town there. It's I mean, the old town, if you've ever been there or looked at it, it's a labyrinth. It's like this maze. It's really easy to get lost. And we did a few times talk about uh, finding uncertainty and discomfort. We had it in spades there. But the more part of the important part of the story occurred later. We We rented a little car, and we drove south from Marrakesh through the the high Atlas Mountains, and we said, you know, we're just going to keep driving as long as we can and t- until we're comfortable or start to feel uncomfortable, need to need to turn around and come back to our hotel, and wound up on the edge of the, the Sahara Desert. There saw a sign for Timbuktu, and we got hungry, started to get hungry, and we knew that pretty much any hotel there has decent food, so we looked around, found a sign for a hotel, drove across a dry riverbed, parked, rang the doorbell, young man came out, we explained what we were looking for, and he said, hey, you know, we do have food at the hotel, but if you come with me, I'm going to lead you down a path. I'm going to take you to a local family that would love to cook for you. My wife and I, we looked at each other. We thought, ooh, I don't know. It sounds a little scary. But we did it. And we followed this guy, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes just walking through through the desert, right? Little canals and small dirt walls. And uh, wound up eating, meeting these uh, two brothers, shepherds. They cooked a wonderful meal, tagine, and all kinds of beans, and I don't know what else we had sitting on the ground with these guys. They couldn't speak English. We certainly couldn't speak Arabic or French. And the point of the story is that had we not given this guy the opportunity to take us there, sure, you know, there was a little bit of exchange of of funds, of course, at the end of the the transaction, let's say, but uh, we never would have had this wonderful experience out in the middle of, I don't even know where we were. But we let this gentleman, this young man guide us and had a wonderful experience as a result. And the point for you is, Take our travel experience and, and run with that and let us at Lifestyles Unlimited guide you. Let's, let us show you a different path, an alternative. And the easiest way for you to do that, again, as I mentioned this earlier, go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click on the, the free workshop button. Learn about what we do. That's it. That's all I'd like to challenge you to do. That will probably get you a little bit out of your position of certainty and maybe help you start to think of new questions and new ways to frame your thinking and get you on a better path. Again, lifestylesunlimited.com, free workshop. I hope you hope to see you there. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.
The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.